any time during my 10 years, I could do this. That's power. That's power. It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. All right, folks, welcome to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. We are here at Amedeo's. Like we are every week, and uh, you know, as you might have surmised, this is the final episode of the podcast, and uh, we will uh, share some good memories here uh, later on in the show, I'm sure. But um, I want to thank everybody that's here at Amedeo's tonight. Uh, we got a wonderful crowd, a lot of familiar faces, and uh, some folks I haven't seen in a while, and I appreciate that a whole lot. Um, the uh, the Amedeo's ten dollar lasagna special is still going on. Uh, Dave said just ad libs, and he enjoys the ad lib uh, ads. But uh, I know he wants you to know about that ten dollar lasagna and salad special here at Amedeo's. Um, throughout the uh, remainder of June, you can uh, take advantage of uh, ten dollar lasagna and a salad. Um, it's a wonderful deal. You know, uh, you know, Amedeo's is you know perhaps most famous for its lasagna. So if you've ever had an itch to uh, try the Amedeo's lasagna and get a salad with it, you can do so for $10 here at the Western Boulevard location and also the Apex location as well. Uh, so definitely uh, seek that out. That's the regular lasagna, the vegetarian slash cheese lasagna. And there's a third one, Dave, uh, the spinach lasagna as well for you uh, Popeye lovers out there. Um, you can uh, take advantage of that uh, at either of the two locations here on Western Boulevard or in Apex. Um, you know, this will be the last time I get a chance to promote Amedeo's. Uh, so uh, let me just um, thank them uh, again for their support over the years. They've given us lots of food, lots of beer to uh, to do 234 of these things here at Amedeo's, roughly. And uh, I, can't, uh, I can't say enough for all the support that I've gotten over the years. Again, in the second segment, we'll cover all the thank yous and all the other uh, housekeeping issues. But, uh, you know, since we're doing the promo, let me again just thank all the folks here at Amedeo's for their support over the years. It has meant the world. And I hope that uh, if you're listening, you have had an opportunity to come to Amedeo's and take advantage of some of the stuff that we've talked about over the years because they really have taken care of us. And I hope that you have taken care of them as well. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, Matt Purdy is with us uh, one last time. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. Doing well? <laughs> yeah. It'd probably help if I turned your uh, your microphone. That probably would be a good there. There you go. go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a, a podcast if there weren't some audio issues. Yeah. Um, It'd be great to have the final one recorded and there's just pockets of silence. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very apropos. Yeah. It's like it's like a Mad Lib podcast. People can just yeah. think I'm saying whatever they want. And uh, I'm seeing another familiar face that just walked in through the door. We're going to have to talk to this guy here in the second segment. Uh, Chuck Amato just showed up. Oh. Word spreads. I, I, yeah, I, I uh, cannot, cannot begin to, uh, to tell you how thrilled I am that he's here for this. Um, but <laughs> Chuck's already grilling our guest about getting a free meal. Um, our guest this week... Uh, <laughs> Chuck, he's he's here for the first time. Let's take it easy on him. Uh, 
Our guest this week is uh, someone I've wanted to have on to the show for, for quite some time. He's uh, the executive director of the uh, Wolfpack Club. He's been in that role since 1991. He's uh, uh, certainly somebody that I'm sure a lot of NC State fans are familiar with. Uh, one of the biggest names in NC State athletics. Bobby Purcell is with us this week. How are you doing, sir? Thank you. I'm doing great. It's just a pleasure to be here. 234 podcasts. Unbelievable. Thank you for your dedication and all you've done for NC State. And, uh, and you're, this, it's like home weekend here looking around. I think I know everybody in the room and, <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going to try to call them all by name, but there's some great Wolfpackers in this room. And none other than the Chuck Amato walks in. Yeah. And uh, Chuck's got to get a free meal. You know, I don't think he's ever paid a dime for a meal at Amedeo's. Not, uh, not when Dick DeAngelis is here. He makes sure that uh, he, Chuck is He and I have had a lot of good meals here together, so Chuck's good seeing you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bobby, uh, I'm so glad that you were able to make it. Uh, we met uh, three years ago at the 50th anniversary of Amedeo's. And I told you I'd like to have you on the show, and I finally made good on that promise. Um, so we just snuck you in we're, here. We're under cutting the, it close. Yeah, a little bit under the wire here, but um, I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Uh, as I mentioned, you've been the executive director of the Wolfpack Club since 1991. Um, let's back up a little bit. You uh, you come from a long line of NC State uh, alums, I believe. Father and grandfather both attended Father NC State. Father and grandfather and both my children. Yeah, and you you were at State, but then you also somehow <laughs> wind up at this other school. Yeah, Is that right? that was – I kind of had a couple of wayward years there. And, uh, <laughs> it was all because of curriculum, um, uh-huh. but uh, my heart was always here. Now, what's it like going to, to Carolina and being a State fan and having your heart here in West Raleigh? Uh, I heard it, stories it that you a, had posters on your wall of NC State stuff. I did. I did. And it was challenging. I wore red shirts all the time uh-huh. and uh, didn't even want a blue shirt. And <laughs> when State Carolina played, I sat uh, there with the only red shirt on the whole side of the state. But, uh, <laughs> it, it tested me, and I, I won out. Well, I'm so glad for NC State's sake that you have found your way back home to uh, the red and white. And you... Uh, you managed to uh, graduate with a, uh, I believe, a degree in business administration there. That's correct. And I guess NC State at the, at the time, <laughs> at the time didn't, didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't have it. Mm-hmm. We need to get all, uh, Lonnie Poole to go back and build him a, a time machine maybe to, to create a uh, degree for you. So I mean, you, maybe uh, he did some infiltration. You know, <laughs> that's right. Try yeah. to. Try to. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's important work. Um, and then you got a, a master's from Georgia as well, I believe. University right? of Georgia got a master's in sports management there. Yeah. And then found yourself. Uh, you worked some with the uh, athletic, or excuse me, the football programs under Monty Kiffin and Tom Reed and uh, and Dick Sheridan. Is that right? That's correct. It's ironic. I was, I was uh, in grad school at Georgia. Got involved with the football program there and was like a volunteer grad assistant. Uh-huh. Did my internship with the Atlanta Falcons, and one of their coaches knew Monty real well. And mm-hmm. they were talking one day, and Monty said, "We've got an opening for a part-time assistant." Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have anybody you recommend? And he he recommended me. And part time assistant meant you work full time, but you got paid part time. Right, right. But it I only referred to your pay grade. There, we had four of us. Chuck knows what I'm talking about. But we uh, I came here, uh, finished my master's degree, came here, made thirty two hundred dollars a year my first two years, and that's what part time assistants do. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then uh, after Monty uh, left, um, Tom Reed came in, and he promoted me to full-time and kept me on board. And luckily, when he left three years later and Coach Sheridan came in, he kept me mm-hmm. uh, on board full-time. So 
I survived two of those changes. I figured it was time to go do something a little <laughs> bit different, and uh, my odds were running out on me. Right. But, uh, but I've been very blessed. Charlie Bryant gave me the opportunity to come to the Wolfpack Club, and I've loved it ever since. And uh, did you have a, a coaching background, or, or had you played football? Uh... All through high school. And there, there have been some, like Coach Sheridan never played college football. And okay. J- and Joe Pate, our defense coordinator, never played college football. Interesting. That was kind of my path. I had always been involved and worked a lot of camps, played high school my whole life, but I wasn't I wasn't at the level and the ability to play here at NC State. So uh, I kind of worked my way through it to to want to get in it and uh, fortunately and one thing that i learned along that whole way is you only get places with other people helping you you never get anywhere by yourself sure it's a life lesson that i've never forgotten and uh, uh other people helped me along the way and i wasn't you know the one thing i learned i could do i could outwork people mm-hmm. uh, without the background and that's what i had to do so uh, things worked out and i've been very blessed and i understand you worked in uh, a recruiting capacity when you were there i did at nc state um, one of the guys that you recruited while you were there was Eric Kramer. Um, and, of course, uh, I don't know if a lot of NC State fans know, but he's been on some hard times recently. I don't know if you've had a chance to reach out to Eric. I since. have. Um, he's, he's doing a lot better. He's mm-hmm. rehabbing uh, daily, and his spirits seem to be better. And uh, just a very horrible situation. So I want to ask everybody, please continue to keep Eric in your prayers. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw that, I figured I'd ask you about him because, you know, it's a, it is a very sad situation. I don't know if it's, you know, we've learned a lot about, um, you know, some of the impact that football can have on people's careers. I don't know if, you know, Eric was a guy who t- took a lot of contact over the course of his career, but, uh, you know, he's, he's had some uh, rough luck along the way and, uh, I'm glad to hear that he's, you know, getting some help for it and, you know. Thank you. Yeah. You continue your thoughts and your prayers. Yeah. Um, you uh, you became an, a Wolfpack assistant director in '87. I think you said that was with Charlie Bryant mm-hmm. when you were there. There, and then uh, you took over, I guess, as the executive director in '91. You've been in that capacity ever since. Um, what's it been like over the years seeing the Wolfpack cl- Club grow, and and you know what efforts have you done over the years to try to continue its growth? Well. We've we've tried just about everything. So a lot of them have been successful. Some of them haven't been successful. But uh, one thing we've tried to do, we want we know everybody wants to be part of something, and that's that's a human need we all have to want to be part of something. Mm-hmm. And that's the approach we've taken. We want people uh, to that want to be part of the Wolfpack family officially, be members of the Wolfpack. Not everybody can give a lot of money, but everybody can get involved and everybody can join and give what they can. It's not all about how much you give. It's about giving and being a part of something special. And that's what the Wolfpack uh, faithful are. They're, they're really special. Uh, as special group of people as I've ever known in my whole life and never will know. And uh, being a part of that and being a part of all those. You look around here, the friendships that have uh, been facilitated here tonight just because of their involvement in the Wolfpack Club or being Wolfpack fans and the lifelong relationships and and uh, the experiences they've had together. That's what it's all about uh, yeah. to, to me is, is being we, we, we believe in strength in numbers. We'd rather have a lot of people giving a little bit as opposed to some other schools that we know that would rather have fewer people giving a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, that certainly would be a lot easier, but that's not who we are, and that's the, the way we're doing it, I think, is the right way. And I look around here, I look at Bob Bell out there, who's a tremendous volunteer in Wake County. He coordinates, he's the point person on our Wake County caravan, which annually has somewhere between 600 and 1,000, depending on the year and the date and so forth. 
and it's a it's a lifelong love. He didn't get anything for it except maybe a pat on the back, and mm-hmm. he does it every year, incredibly well with a tr- tremendous passion for the Wolfpack and tremendous feeling for other people. And I would just want to give him a shout out. He's here tonight. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate him showing up tonight. Um, one of the milestones that you were able to achieve was getting the Wolfpack Club membership above 20,000, which I believe there was only maybe, what, three programs at the yeah, time? About that five had, or six, man. Uh-huh. Five or six. But uh, that speaks to your philosophy of, you know, strength in numbers, uh, you know, and not having, you know, a, a small number of large donors, but a large number of, you know, donors of every size. Um, you know, what was that? Was twenty thousand a number that you had in mind? Were you shooting for that, or we we were shooting for it because at the time they're like you said, there are only about three schools that had ever hit twenty thousand. So that was a goal of ours to get among that elite group, um, and and we did and worked hard. And it wasn't because of our staff; it's because of all these people, mm-hmm. all these people out here that were Wolfpack Club reps and signed up their friends, signed up their neighbors, signed up their kids, signed up you know whoever. And I've always asked people before, you, and one thing a lot of people don't understand, you don't have to be a state alum to join the World Bank Club. Mm-hmm. There's one question I ask you. If you like it when state beats Carolina, then you need to be in the Wolf. <laughs> and and uh, really, some team. of our best donors have been not people that never attended NC State. And uh, uh, everybody's welcome in the Wolfpack family. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think appeals to NC State to a non-alum? This is a question that I've had... Some curiosity about uh, maybe that's somewhat of a loaded question, um, but you know, obviously, a lot of us have affinity for NC State because of you know the fact that we attended there. Um, folks who maybe move here from out of state or or maybe were not alums of NC State, is there something that you've heard over the years that uh, you know from folks who aren't alums that tell you that's consistent over the years? Like uh, there are several, but one thing that really jumps out, and you compare it to anybody in this state. Our fans are the most passionate. Mm-hmm. You go to you go to Carter Finley for a football game. If if that doesn't get in your blood, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. You go to the arena, or in, and before that to Reynolds. If that doesn't get in your blood, I don't know what. I don't think I I don't think any other school in North Carolina can duplicate that enthusiasm, that passion that our fans have. And our fans are always uh, almost always optimistic too. They're always like, hey, we're going to win the next one. And, and uh, they're there, uh, win or lose, rain or shine. Mm-hmm. And I think being a part of something like that, again, a part of a passionate fan base, and you can go out there and be yourself and cheer hard. And uh, and plus, uh, I think when a lot of people move to our area, the Triangle, a lot of people, professionals, move here from other states. Uh, and if you live here, you've got to you've got to pick somebody because <laughs> right. you'll be left out of all the conversations at work and yeah, church yeah. and everywhere else you go if you don't have a favorite and we welcome all those people to be part of our Wolfpack family and some of them have become rabid fans uh, just by proximity and but like I said if you if you'll just come to Carter family for one game or come to the arena for one game uh, I think we'll get you we'll get you uh, hooked up yeah well by virtue of some of the uh, season ticket numbers that you guys have been able to achieve in recent years and and some of the other numbers with regards to the number of people that have attended to, you know football games that uh, you know, either football or basketball. I think it's indicative that you guys are succeeding in that mission, getting people in the door, not just state fans, but everybody. Well, that's what we want to do, and we want to get them all in the Wolfpack Club. Uh, but we, we we do have one thing that I would like to point out. We have a lot of people come to our games with friends. Uh, their friends have the season tickets, and they come with their friends, and we want to try to get those people. I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're listening, 
If you've got friends that are using some of your season tickets, at least get them to join the Wolfpack Club at the minimum level. Just be part of it um, because they're taking advantage of you making your donations each year. Um, continue doing what you're doing, but get them to join the Wolfpack Club. We can grow tremendously if we could just do that one thing. Yeah, absolutely. What other things have you guys got going on with the Wolfpack Club at this point? Well, we've got uh, you know we've got some major projects underway right now. The indoor practice facility is completed. We're still raising money for it. We've got to raise a little over seventeen million to complete that. Uh, the Reynolds Coliseum project is a uh, thirty-five million dollar project. The Wolfpack Club is is paying for a good majority of that. The university is helping with that as well. And then there's been a lot of talk uh, you've heard about, but we are moving forward. Uh, with the concept of a new residence hall for men's and women's basketball, which will be adjacent to Case Athletic Center. Hmm. And uh, that's something that we think will take, help take our basketball programs to the next level in recruiting and in safety and in academics and in so many ways having a more controlled environment sure. uh, for them right in the middle of campus. Uh, those are some projects we've got underway. Our membership drive, our scholarship bill has gone up unbelievably in the last two years. Um, and there's a couple reasons for that. Two years ago, the NCAA passed a food legislation, mm-hmm. which now allows athletic departments, and we fund it, to feed all your student athletes 24-7. Scholarship athletes, non-scholarship, anybody that's on a team can get unlimited meals, unlimited foods. So that was about a million-dollar increase overnight. And then this a lot pack, of that's football players, right? Yeah, well, it's everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's everybody. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised how some of the... Other sports eat a lot of food because they're burning a lot of calories. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Runners and swimmers. Yeah, cross and country. So I'm looking Basketball at you. Basketball guys bulk and, up all the time, uh, too. Um, and then uh, this past year, the uh, cost of attendance legislation mm-hmm. came into effect. And each student is now getting, every student athlete on scholarship now is getting a stipend. That's about another seven or eight hundred thousand dollars a year for us. So those two things have happened in two years, along with the every day, every year tuition increases, housing increases, uh, books increases, fees increases, and so forth. So it's been a, it's, and that's why we need everybody. We need everybody just to do their part. And any Wolfpack Club member listening, uh, you might not be able to give more. We've asked people to try to give more, and they've been very, very good and very. Uh, generous about that, but if you can't get more or don't feel like that's the best thing for you to do, help us find one member. If everybody, imagine what we could do if every Wolfpack Club member would go find one member. Sure. It'd be incredible. We, we'd double overnight. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to challenge everybody. To help us find one new member. You don't have to give more money. Help us find one new member and, and we can grow tremendously. Um, with the, you know, the fact that, uh, it seems like Television contracts are shifting rapidly as we see some conferences like the Pac-12 struggle with their television deals. Others like the SEC and Big Ten are, you know, raking in large amounts of money. Um, the ACC seems to be, you know, kind of in the middle, doing fairly well, but, you know, probably could improve in some areas. You know, what sorts of involvements does the Wolfpack Club and your folks have in the discussions with the amount of revenue that comes in from outside sources like that? Well, Debbie L keeps us abreast of the progress, and, and I think we are getting close to having that. And uh, there, go, there will be a studio that will be built inside the Murphy Center, and it will be a state-of-the-art multimillion-dollar studio for production of all the things at NC State. But uh, that's really being handled at the conference level. Conference mm-hmm. office is the point person on that. And uh, all I know right now is things seem to be falling in line, and it should be sometime in the near future we'll have that, that contract. 
it seems like if you were in the shoes of, you know, maybe a, a Pac-12 team where suddenly you thought you had this amount of money and then suddenly you realize that you don't, that would put a tremendous amount of pressure, I'm sure, on someone like in your position where now it's on the school or, you know, the, um, you know, the fundraising arm of the university to come up with that shortfall. Uh, luckily, it seems like NC State's not in that position at this point, but uh, I can only imagine that's why you guys have to keep a close eye on these negotiations as they go forward. Um, very much so. Um, we, we do. I think NC State does a great job overall of, of uh, preparing budgets and forecasting the future as best you can, but you have a lot of unexpected things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be prepared. Knock on wood, fortunately. NC State Athletics and Wolfpack Club, we've been able to stay ahead of the curve and, and try to stay there with good planning and, uh, like I said, trying to get more people to become part of what we're doing. But the TV contract would hopefully just kick everybody up to the next level financially to be able to provide some things we can't provide right now. And, yeah. Would you say John Swafford has done a good job as commissioner at this point? I do. I think he has done a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of NC State fans that might disagree with that assessment. But... Uh, well, you know, some of that's perhaps uninformed opinion and just, uh, <laughs> it's just, um, you know, folks who, uh, maybe just see the UNC connection and think that that's all. That, well, uh, I will say this, uh, uh, Lee Fowler and Les Robinson, when they were athletic directors, they both said to me, um, and to others on multiple occasions that they thought, uh, they thought Mr. Swafford bent over backwards trying to help NC State because he was aware of, you know what people may think, and that's that's coming from two ads who work directly with him. So mm-hmm. I don't work directly with him, so I can't really attest to it. But that's what they told me. Yeah, yeah. I think you know he's been for the most part on the whole, you know, pretty savvy with some of the moves that he's made, and and has been judicious about not jumping us into a situation like where the Pac-12 finds themselves, you know, in, in kind of an awkward TV deal. Um, well, I think yeah. it's easy. It's easy for all of us to, you know, when it's from your rival school to. Yeah, you know, and they would Carolina probably feel that way if one of our people was in was in that position. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think he's respected nationally. I know he's a very fine person. I have a lot of respect for him. There's not many people that get called a ninja uh, in a glowing <laughs> sense, but uh, Swafford is definitely one of those folks um, who has uh, earned that moniker, I guess. Um, I want to ask you about your involvement with the uh, the National Football Foundation. Uh, you're you know a part of the uh, Bill Dooley chapter here locally, and uh, there's an event that's coming up that happens every year here locally, and that's the uh, the Bill Dooley Pigskin Preview. Uh, it's something that I think a lot of um, folks here locally kind of consider maybe the unofficial kickoff to the uh, the football season. That's coming up on July 18th, and you're a part of that as one of the board members. I am. It's a it's a great event, and uh, D.D. Hoggard and myself from NC State serve on the, on the board, a local board. Debbie mm-hmm. Al serves on the national board. She's on the big board in New York. We serve on the local board, and it's a uh, the chapter started about 14 years ago. And I think I wasn't involved that time, but I think Coach Dooley had a lot to do with starting the chapter, and that's why I was named after him later. Mm-hmm. But we are, uh, I think we're the second largest chapter in the United States right now, the oh, nice. Triangle. And it's really uh, it's a combination of five major universities that uh, compete in football in the local area, Duke, East Carolina, Central, 
NC State and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the Pigskin Preview is a fundraising event. Uh, it's going to be held uh, July 18th at the MC Suites and Carry. Starts at 11 a.m. Uh, check in at 11 a.m. Lunch and the program begin at 11:30. And it's a great, very, very entertaining. If you're a football fan, you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck was a part of it when it was started. And he was really entertaining and, and uh, had a lot of fun with it. I remember he used to get on John Bunning a little bit occasionally. <laughs> Just um, occasionally. Um, well, every year. But uh, <laughs> but those coaches, David Cutcliffe and Scotty Montgomery, the new East Carolina coach, and Jerry Mack, and, of course, Dave Dorn and Larry Fedora. It's a panel discussion, and, and uh, it's going to be MC by Mark Armstrong, WTVD. It's a great event. Um, to, and, and let me tell you what it does. We The, the foundation gives scholarships every year to high school football player, one from each school in Pitt County, Wake County, Durham County, and Orange County. Nice. A football player from every school gets a $1,000 scholarship to attend a college of their choice. And it's not based on their football bill. It's based on their character, their academics, their leadership, their citizenship, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. And uh, so it's very, for a very good cause. And, and also we try to promote you know, NC State people on my end of it, NC State people to try to get elected to the National uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, and we've had several, you know, Dennis Bird most recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a good cause, but it's more, more than anything, it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it, people can buy, you can buy a table or you can buy a seat, 60 bucks, a table, 600 up to 1500 And you can just visit the website, nffbilldooleychapter.org. Mm. And all the information's on there. And, and uh, if you're a football fan, you don't. It's something you don't want. It's kind of like the official kickoff mm-hmm. of the season. It's the same week as ACC kickoff, and it's a lot, a lot of fun. Do you know if it's going to be broadcast locally as well? I know in years past it's been carried on some of the local sports talk shows or sports talk I do, stations. I do not know uh-huh. uh, if it's going to be that way this year or not. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed listening to it over the years. And um, one of the uh, former NCs, of course, was uh, Don Shea, who uh, sadly is no longer with us. Um, but he did a tremendous job. Well, he was he was the face of the organization. Right. He was the head of the board. He also he always emceed every year, and it was really neat. I was going to say this earlier. Your audio, your lead-in audio to have Don on there just brought back such great memories. What a great man, a great yeah. Wolfpacker, and a great citizen for the Triangle. He contributed so 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 much yeah. to so many charitable causes here in the Triangle area. Yeah, I mean, we talked earlier about folks who moved here from other parts of the state and adopt NC State. I mean, Don was definitely mm-hmm. one of those guys. He, you know, I think he came from the San Francisco area, if I'm he not did. mistaken. That's correct. Uh, and, you know, when he got brought into the fold as doing, you know, the uh, the television show and, and a lot of the other content for NC State, I mean, he became a, a wolf packer died he in did. the wool. He's a good so, one. Um, so we miss him, and uh, and I've I've used his voice to intro the show ever since we had him on, just because he's he's such a familiar and recognizable voice uh, voice with NC State, um, and um, you know great man, and, great person. Yeah, and and he was at WTVD, so it's nice to know that another WTVD guy and Mark Armstrong will be kind of taking the uh, the mantle from him there, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy this event every year. It's fun, you know. There's there's opportunities that the coaches get to playfully snipe at each other a little bit here and there. Um, it's a little bit weird that one of the coaches is younger than me. I don't think that that should be a thing that's possible. But uh, but Jerry Mack at uh, at Central is 
what, 35, maybe something Scotty like that? Scotty Montgomery might be, too. Uh, yeah. Jim Scotty's at uh, 34, not to, might not be. To, not to further your... Well, it's probably good I'm ending this podcast before anybody else gets hired that's younger than me as well. I want to say a couple things if I have time. Uh, yeah, yeah. First of all, we have this weekend, we call it the Wolf, Junior Wolfpack Club Movie Night at Carter Family. Mm-hmm. And just want to tell everybody about it. You can certainly still sign up at wolfpackclub.com slash events or call 919-865-1425. It's a family outing. You bring your kids. You bring a blanket. You lay your blanket on the field at Carter Family. You can, you know, it's just a great time, family time, a Wolfpack families from all over the state. And we're going to show Monsters University movie on the big screen. We nice. do this annually for families. And one other thing I want to say, too, it's a pleasure seeing Chuck Amato walk in here tonight. Mm-hmm. And I, he and I go way back, and I have a lot, a lot, a lot of respect for him. But there's nobody I've ever seen that's any more passionate about NC State, even when he was coaching at other places um, before and after he was here. Nobody... Nobody cared more about NC State or was more passionate than Chuck Amato was. Absolutely. And I consider him a dear friend and a person I have I have a great respect for. Again, I, I'm super thrilled that he's here tonight. I, I, I didn't expect it, but uh, I'm glad we'll get a chance to talk with you here in just a second, Chuck. Um, and wouldn't have felt right if uh, we had concluded the show and he wasn't here, so I'm glad we're going to make that He happen. doesn't have his sunglasses on either. Yeah. I guess he's staying out of the sun these days. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he's done shine in Akron where he was coaching. Now they've done a great job there. They were in a bowl game last year and have had some big wins. Is Akron still standing after the uh, Cavaliers win last night? <laughs> yeah, it, it, they're burning it to the ground. So, um, all right. Is, isn't it like a ti- isn't it a rubber city or tire city? Or it's, that, yeah, it's, it's a huge that's, tire. That's probably not a good combination with, with burning stuff down. <laughs> um. <laughs> Bobby, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you were able to come on with us and, and be a part of this final show here. Well, James, it means a lot to me to be the last show. I didn't know that until I got here tonight. but uh, That was intended, by the thanks way. Thanks for James and Matt. Maybe nobody's going to want to listen after this, but, uh, <laughs> but thanks for the great job you've done. And I know your heart bleeds red through and through, and, uh, and uh, thanks you, you and Matt and others through the years have, have done i think it's been seven years is that correct five, five years five i'll years. take seven seven i'll take seven thank you so much and this crowd here thank you everybody in this room for your support of nc state and yes. the wolfpack club go absolutely pack. absolutely well let's take a break and uh we'll close up shop here on the riddick and reynolds podcast at Amedios, the atmosphere is just as important as the great food I'm quite the football fan, and coming to Amedios, I'm amazed of the amount of pictures here of past football players that attended NC State that are normally now have been in the NFL or are presently in the NFL. It makes me want to look at every single picture to see if I can recognize somebody or something from years gone by. Just a great place uh, with all the NC State history. I mean, you got the banners from Reynolds, all the uh, pictures from Every era of NC State athletics, football, basketball, just tremendous history represented in the place. Amedios, great food and great atmosphere. All right, folks, welcome back to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. We are uh, going to do a little, uh, thank you, do a little housekeeping and uh, Say a few things before we get out of here one last time. 
Uh, we got a couple of uh, new faces sitting in with us this segment. Uh, familiar faces both uh, are joining me and Matt. Or voices. Uh, uh, well, voices, yes. Uh, it's not a video podcast anymore. <laughs> anymore. Uh, uh, seated to my right, uh, Austin Johnson is joining us. The uh, Thanks for having me, James. You were the third uh, guest. Third uh, ever guest? Third ever guest. Stephen was first, Derek was second, and then you were the third to join me via Skype. Um, Longest running guest. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, this is true. This is true. I'm glad you could make it tonight. And uh, uh, you're you're living the uh, the dad life with three kids of your own, and so it's, it's a under- blessing. It's understandable That's what you're that we're legally have- obligated to tell everybody. <laughs> you sign some papers when they're born, and you have to tell everybody it's a blessing, and they should do it too. <laughs> it's a pact that we all join. Exactly. Think. Yeah. Did you buy the Chef Curry twos? That's the- yeah, yeah, yeah. We I should-, should, but no, I don't have the money to buy new shoes for <laughs> kids. Tr- That's the truth. Um. Good to see you again, sir. And uh, seated to his right, we alluded it earlier, uh, he has joined us, and I'm so glad. Uh, Chuck Amato joins us one last time. How are you doing, sir? Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. So if glad. we were ever legitimate, it's because Chuck was on the show right. that made us legitimate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody would have ever listened to the show if it had not been for Chuck's involvement early for, on. For all we know, they stopped listening once he left. <laughs> I took a poll on it. Yeah, That's I haven't true. heard the numbers. Yeah. I mean, I saw the download numbers, so I'm not going to confirm or deny your assessment on that. Um, just a, a, a brief recap on the show. We started it in May of 2011. Um, it was a Skype show. I just started doing it from my house. Um, I mentioned Stephen was our first guest from Back in the Pack, and then Derek joined me second, and then you were third, Austin. Um, and then we did that for a couple months, and then, um, you know, Dave Parker reached out to me via email said hey would you be interested in doing the show from Amedios for in exchange for you know beer and pasta and food and stuff you had me at beer yeah yeah you had me at beer and food uh the idea that we might be able to do a show and get in compensated in some form or fashion was pretty remarkable have you explained uh, how they found you i can't remember if you explained that yet. well I'll, I'll mention it now um you know, uh, one of the key figures in the history of NC State, or, well, NC State, yes, let's uh, lay that groundwork. But in this podcast as well uh, is Dick DeAngelis. Uh, he is uh, Dave's father-in-law. And uh, Dick was uh, interested in seeing a, an image of Riddick Stadium, I believe. And uh, I guess since he knew maybe Dave was a tad bit more savvy with a computer than he was, I don't want to speak for you, Dick. Uh, Dick's here as well. Um, he said, uh, Dave, can you find me a picture of Rick Stadium? And, uh, you know, you, things are weird. You, you name your podcast whatever you name it. But I named it Riddick and Reynolds. And I guess by virtue of having Riddick in the name, uh, it popped up. And Dave reached out to me. And, and kind of the rest is history. So if I'd named it the James Curl podcast, uh, I'd probably still be doing it on Skype. It'd be an area <laughs> SOB. But <laughs> That's yes. right. It would be very uh, self-serving of me to have named it that. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that I did name it the Riddick and Reynolds podcast because it led to this friendship and partnership over the last five years. And uh, I couldn't have been more thrilled with the way things have turned out over the years. But um, we uh, we started uh, here at Amedios July 29th. And, Chuck, I think your first show with us was the next episode uh, in August. And I believe – I don't want to – you know speak out a term, but I think you were unemployed at that time. Uh, could have been. Could have been. Between could've. jobs is what we call right, it. It's right, not unemployed. Right. Looking it was, for better opportunities. It was between jobs. Right. Thanks, Bobby. 
I, I could also be wrong, but I think you may have been still recovering from throat cancer at that time as well. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're very thankful that you have uh, been able to uh, to beat cancer. Um, one of the one of the great episodes that we ever did during the show was when you were here. And I think we were talking about maybe the impact that Jimmy V had on NC State over the years. And uh, you very tearfully recalled to us that it was, you know, the work that Jimmy V and the V Foundation did that allowed you to be with us. And without a doubt. Without, without a doubt. I say, <clears throat> say that all the time right now. <clears throat> and uh, what that foundation has done, and it did just what Jimmy V wanted it to do, he knew it couldn't help him. Or wouldn't be able to help him, but if it could help his family or, or a friend or down the road, somebody we knew. And I, I, I firmly believe that all that research they did helped my type of cancer, which was not only curable, but treatable and, and curable, which made it so much easier for me to get through. And, uh, and without that, who knows? I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be sitting here, possibly. And many other people. Yeah. Many other people. Well, Bobby's Bobby's been through it. I mean, it's the same thing. And uh, I, I think you're 100% now, Bobby. Yeah. And, and That's wonderful. What, what a great thing to be able to be. And they, they actually, yeah. yes. I know when I went through it, I asked my uh, uh, doctor, and I was getting treated down in Shams in, in, uh, in Gainesville, Florida. Now, that's like being... Here and going over to Chapel Hill to get treatment. Right. <laughs> and uh, but I, I, I said to him, I said, what do I tell people? Everybody says I'm in remission. He says, no, that's a bad word. Uh-huh. He goes, that's a bad word. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, in the vernacular of your game of football, it means that you, there's still cancer in your body. Mm-hmm. It's it's at timeout. Mm-hmm. I said, all right. So then what do I tell people? I said, am I at timeout or what? He says, no, you're clean. And I said, no, what does that word mean uh-huh. in the vernacular of, of the cancer process? He says, that means right now we don't see any cancer in your body. I said, I like that word better. Yeah, yeah. I do too. And I'm, Cl- clean I'm, is good. I'm sure, Bobby, that's, that's where you're at as well. And, and I've been fortunate six and a half years. Six and a half years. And, and uh, uh, it really changes your outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know... Being, getting the treatment, and it was, ah, every day you're there. I had radiation twice a day, five days a week. I had uh, chemo once a week, and people, and everybody was getting treated for some form of the, of cancer. But the biggest thing I learned was one day at a time. Yeah. In anything you do, in anything you do, in raising money and, and having a, a, a restaurant with his name behind it, being at the same place for 50-some years, there's not many restaurants in this city. Mm-hmm. You know, the Angus Barn might be one. Uh, I know there's a couple others that I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, that, but uh, there's, not, there's not many that can say that and, and be with a location that a medio. And, and now, I guess, since... Yeah. My daughter married his son. <laughs> I don't know what we are now. <laughs> you see, I don't know whether um, he's my 
Goomba. <laughs> but uh, without him, what this man did for this university has gone unnoticed. I mean, he would bring, uh, K.I. would bring her basketball team in here for pregame meals at times. And and I guarantee you she didn't pay a penny or, not, or the Wolfpack Club or nobody, the athletic department didn't pay a penny for it. Not that she couldn't or they wouldn't, but mm-hmm. he wouldn't take it. I'm sure. You know, when I came back here, when I first came back to school here as a graduate assistant <clears throat> under uh, uh, Earl Edwards, and then he retired, uh, and then Al Michaels was an interim coach, and I was fortunate to be there with, with Lou Holtz. But they they took me over. And when I say they, his mom, mm. his self, his wife, his brother Lou, and his wife, and I was a surrogate son, you know, kind of, because, Bobby, what was that you said you made when you first got here? 3200 I think. 3200 I made 120 a month. <laughs> 120 a month. And uh, that's why, uh, uh, but... I could eat for free over at the athletic center. I was hoping I could sleep for free up there on one of the couches, but they said no. And uh, but it, it was it was something. So I lived at, at uh, a house that his mom owned, right behind his mom. And I called one day. I said, "Do you have any detergent to wash some clothes?" She goes, "She asked for it." I said, "Well, I need to get to wash my clothes." She goes, "Yeah, come on over here." And I'll show you what to do. I walked there. She grabbed my clothes. She said, get out of here. She called <laughs> me back in three hours. Come and pick up your clothes. And she did it every week for me. But mm. that's the kind of people that the DeAngelis family is. And they still do it. They still look, look at the pictures here on the wall. Mm. I talked to through my brother who came here as, as, as a player. And we were talking to some of his ex-friends that were freshmen with him. Uh, Pete Falzerano, Joe Scarpati, and all their last names ended in a vowel. <laughs> you see, and and uh, uh, Lou DeAngelis. L- Lou was my idol in football. Bob Guzzo was my idol in wrestling. Now, I, now you can say what you want about those two dudes. <laughs> they were good at what they did, and and uh, uh, I was uh, just so fortunate. And then Coach Holtz gave me a job as. As a secondary coach, I was the most muscular secondary coach in America. You know, most of the times are about that big and this and that. But he he was he didn't want to hire me. Mm. I really don't believe it. I wouldn't hire me. I was coaching a middle linebacker in the old bubble defense, and and uh, uh, but he was talked into it, and uh, I'm so fortunate to have that. And, and in my life, and then having to work with Bobby Bowden for 21 years, you know. Having to work for Bobby Bowden. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, I've been blessed. I mean, I'll tell you what, I've been blessed. Like, I was able to come back to a school that were, where I went to school, and I earned two diplomas, and they are legit. <laughs> they are totally legit, you know. And I won't tell you what they're in because I can't even pronounce it anymore. What what the curriculum was <laughs> oh, where that I was in. We we know. <laughs> math is one of them, right? Yeah, math is one of them. Yeah, I mean, that's, math come is on. one of them. Yeah, and you kind of need math. Yeah. Because tackling is angles. <laughs> right. You know, and then they've got 
when I heard uh, Norm Chow, he talked about the triangle offense, but our I said, is it supposed to be an equilateral triangle? <laughs> is it supposed to be an isosceles triangle? But they just move, and those triangles are so different. And that's how they would decide who they're going to throw it to and how we must decide and who, if, as a defensive coach uh, of who you're going to cover. But it's it's been – I couldn't change anything that I've done in my life because I, I, I really – NC State was not my first choice. I mean, I, I was set to go to Syracuse because they had big-time football and big-time wrestling. I weighed in at football as a senior in high school, 192 pounds, and I lost down to 167 for the state tournament, and they dropped me. So did the people across the road, Duke. Mm. Duke dropped that. That was my next because my high school coach played at Duke on the only Rose Bowl played on the East Coast, mm. you know, due to the World War II. World War II, yeah. And, and uh, after my junior year, he gives me this piece of paper, and, I mean, this envelope. I said, what's this? He says, it's a questionnaire. Fill it out and send it back. And then uh, as a senior, things were getting a little bit better for me, and I was getting a lot. I said, what do I would do? He says, sign them, but you're going to be a Blue Devil. But they dropped me mm. as well. So whenever I wrestled Duke, I won by you, a pen. You brought it. One out one. Whenever we played, I think we were we were two and one against them on, on the football field. But uh, again, NC State didn't say anything about me not wrestling, and they really didn't know what wrestling was all about. You know? <laughs> uh, but we, we, you know, and, and they do now. Yeah. My word, do yeah. they ever do yeah. now? Really. Yeah. But I'm going to stop talking. You start answering. Well, no, this would have been a great year to have you on as a guest because of the wrestling. You know, all the success that they had this year, and uh, we're very thankful for you know the success that we had with you know Kwiatkowski and you know some of the Tom Gantt, some of the other wrestlers that were on the squad this year, and um, it's been fun talking about wrestling. Uh, and and I won't lie, I missed you when we were having some of those wrestling discussions because uh, it was good. Uh, you know, we we had uh, Guzzo on and we had some other folks on <laughs> to help us break down like the Oklahoma State win and some yeah. of those other big wins. Um, you know, it was uh, it was really good to see where NC State's wrestling program has come. What that the number one recruiting class in America? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, no, uh, it's it's. Uh it's come a long, 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 long way, and yeah. Bob Guzzo, I think, has won more ACC championships than any other coach in the history of the school um, uh, that had just one sport, that had one sport, and that's that's what got it going. Yeah. All right, this is a perfect segue. Matt, you're still with us. Yeah. Let's talk some still recruiting. Alive. Still, still alive. Yeah. Still with us. I mean, I, I have my beer here, so I've just been right, right, right. You've just been yeah, I'm good. S- soaking in the uh, fringe benefits. Yeah, I don't. You don't get to hear um, Chuck talk every day from no, a foot no, you away, don't. So. You don't. Um, we uh, we had a major commitment today, yeah, this afternoon. Like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us about Markel Johnson, four-star kid. Yeah. And is he reclassifying? That's the plan. That's the plan. Um, so I've okay. seen some people in between the show. That's that's what they're hoping for. Um, I, I'm not sure if he's a three-year grad or if he's a he was intending to be five years and now he's doing four. This basketball that's they do that a lot. Like Malik Abu and a lot of those guys do that. Right. Um, he's from Cleveland, so that's a good place to be from in basketball right now. Um, yeah. And he's he was ranked like I think 40th on Rivals as, as a 2017 kid. So mm. usually they drop about 10, 11 spots when they mm. reclass up, just maturity-wise and everything like that. So basically a top 50 kid, um, point guard like you mentioned. Um, the plan is really for him to spell Dennis 
Mm-hmm. And then as long as everything goes well with Dennis Smith, he's going to be a lottery pick next year, and Markel will have the reins as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about six one, powerfully built, which is good. It's just, you know, the grind <laughs> ACC play, somebody that can take a take a little bit of a beating. Yeah. Um, not that Cat didn't, but he's built for taking the <laughs> taking the beating a little bit differently. Um, very good athlete. Um, you look at his highlight tape, and he's just flying over top of guys. Um, right. Shooting is okay. You can work on that. Um, you is know. he did like a distributor first, score second he's kind of guy? He's more of a score first. Right now he's like a score first, second, and <laughs> distributor third. So uh, he's which, like which, an AAU basketball player. Yeah, ex- like. Exactly. Um, no, but he's 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 a huge pickup this late. Um, Texas A&M was a real worry because they had the assistant coach from Virginia Tech mm-hmm. moved over to A&M, and Markell apparently was like a lock to Virginia Tech when that assistant was there. So that kind of freed up State a little bit to get in it. Um, I don't know if Orlando Early used connections with it, being you know he's an Ohio guy. Right. Um, if you've seen his Twitter with the Browns and the the Cavs, so um, I, I I'm sure he's involved in some form of fashion. I think he had offers from Xavier and Ohio State. His mom did not want him to stay in State. She wanted him to get out and do his own thing. Like um, any sane person, she wouldn't yeah, even get the hell out of Ohio. I mean, wait a minute. That's we got a guy who's coaching in Ohio right he, here beside I'm sorry, him. Chuck. He, he already <laughs> kind of... I agree of, with you. Yeah. yeah. My, my, parents, my parents met in Ohio, got married, and then the second they got married, they're like, we need to get out of here. Right. So I can attest to that as well. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he, he's in a new location, um, so it you know, should be good for him developmentally. And the, really, like I said, the plan is for him to start as a sophomore. Um, uh-huh. There'll be some talent. You know, in and I'm sure you know it's another testament to Gottfried scrambling. Yeah. You know, it, it, sometimes, like we said, it gets frustrating. You know, UNC and some of the other schools have their classes locked up in November, but that's just not been Gottfried's mo since yeah. you know after about a second year, and and he's, in my opinion, probably the best at it. Um, you know, we've seen getting your seven Hicks and um, obviously Markel Johnson, and he's still in it for Malik Newman. So yeah. there's he's the best in the game at, at scrambling. Um, so maybe, maybe it'll be a combination of going forward of getting some kids early and then adding the pieces late. But now there's really, as mm-hmm. long as Yurt 7's eligible, there's, to me there's no holes. They make them the best team in the country, but right. there's no holes in the roster. They have both point guards locked up. They have five, five wings that can legitimately play, mm-hmm. four post players. And that's not including Freeman, who will probably redshirt. Yeah. Um, so they got their 10, and it'll be the deepest team that State's had since Scoffrey's been here. And, Chuck, when you were here, I know that you had to kind of think outside the box and, and recruit grounds where NC State typically had not recruited, going into Florida, getting some guys that uh, maybe had been overlooked by some of the you know in-state schools there, bringing some of that talent north to NC State. I mean, you know, sometimes – in recruiting, you just have to get kind of creative. Oh yeah, the first, <clears throat> my first recruiting class, we had AJ Davis. Yeah. AJ Davis was committed to North Carolina. Mm, I remember that. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> then Chuck we Grins. came in and we said, uh, "Was this the singing? This is the birthday one." Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. Oh yeah. I hear you yeah. got quite the chops. <laughs> the, the, mob, the mob hits, you know. Right. Yeah. So, and you, you, got, you need to get that disc if you don't have it. Right, right. I walked in there and they said, well, what, what are you doing? I mean, you, he was committed, he, or he is committed in North Carolina. You're not supposed to, uh-huh. to, to talk to him. I said, well, I guess that's what we're going to call 
recruiting in the fast lane. Right, right. From that one. All's fair in love, war, and recruiting. Yeah. And, and, uh, Joe, Joe Walsh's remix. <laughs> it's 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 some. Uh, uh, I, I had two songs from that all set to go. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, the first one was Return to Me. Right, right. And so I said I had it, and it was you know Dean Martin singing Return to Me, and then the last one was Atamore. Right, right. <laughs> and I ended it up with that one there. Yeah, close. I was I was at a doctor's the next day with Todd Stroud, and there was a guy looking at me and looking at me, and he had a UNC uh-huh. shirt on, and he came over and he says, "Aren't you that new coach over at NC State?" I said, no, why? Because well, you, sure you sure do look like him. I said, yeah, I said, I'm his twin brother. <laughs> he says, well, boy, I'll tell you what. He sang to get A.J. Davis. Uh-huh. I says, no, I'm Chuck. Can I sing with a voice like this and, and make anybody, you know, turn it over? But what we did in doing that is set the tone. Yeah. It set the tone for what we were going to do mm. and what that man right there was going to help us do. Yeah. Because I was I almost walked away from it. But I was guaranteed that we were going to be able to do the facilities because we were the worst in the conference. Mm. We had a press box that looked like a uh, Oh, the trailer in the sky? Yeah. Come on. You don't miss that thing? <laughs> the caboose, I miss it. I couldn't wait till they brought it down. I had, I had sparklers over there. <laughs> My favorite year was when it was the construction zone in the sky. Uh, but I, I can remember, you know, Coach Holtz tried to get it done and, and Monty Kiffin and, and, and the coaches that Bobby worked over went under. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to say this again now. That man right there is a big, 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 big reason why NC State is where they are now. Because it's it was all about facilities. Mm. I remember they said that Lou Holtz came in here when South Carolina played him here and said the only thing that's changed in the stadium is a coat of paint. <laughs> right. And that's not that's not very good to be able. So I I had them put a bulldozer over there where we're going to start digging. <laughs> right. And on on Saturday nights. When we recruited, the recruits were there in the uh, right above the, our, our, our locker room, uh-huh. all right, and they could see right across there. I said, "Now, you see that bulldozer? That's gonna they're gonna put that in the ground on Monday." Uh-huh. <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm glad it didn't last recruiting too long because I only had about a week and a half. Right, right, right. I, yeah, you can't use that too long. I had too many Mondays to go through there. <laughs> but he. he he, you know, we went around and we, what we end up raising over about a hundred million dollars for all the things that, yeah. and, and you know what it is? It's nothing more than getting people excited. Yeah. Just getting people excited. I said, you know what? We won't beat North Carolina over there until when we play them over there. You're not afraid to wear your red shirt. Hmm. Don't wear, wear an, an orange shirt. Don't wear a, a pink shirt or a white. Wear a red shirt. And make them know that we're not afraid to come to your backyard. Because, you know, my biggest problem when I was here, you were talking about Florida kids. Mm-hmm. They thought the Florida State was our, our the team that we had to beat. Right. It was our rivalry. Right. They didn't know that North Carolina was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's, it's uh, it, it, uh, again, I couldn't ask for anything better. Agreed. Agreed. It's, your, your excitement when you first got hired, Chuck, helped drive the bulldozers i mean i you know 
you're giving credit to Bobby. Bobby, I'm sure Bobby would give you equal credit in re, in reciprocation for the excitement that you built at that time. You, you showed up. I remember the, the image in the News Observer. You're you're standing there in front of the the press, and you've got your championship rings on your fingers. And you talked about winning national titles at NC State, and and you know um, as why not? G- right, as Jimmy once said, you know nothing is ever anything without first being a dream, and. You dreamed big, and it got excitement going, and it helped get, turn Carter Finley from the stadium that Lou Holtz remembered, you know, yeah. 30 years prior, to where it is now. And it's so funny because we were doing it, and I said, "Here's what I want to do." They asked me, "Do you want to do the skybox first, or do you want to do the building in the Murphy Center?" Murphy Center. Mm, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Our players never go to the skybox. Right, right, right. But they're going to live in that center there. Yeah. I said, let's let's do that. Let's start there. Let, let, let's start there. I says, and then what we can do is we can, we need to build that building, so that we can put a pie when we've sold all the tickets, which we did many times. Mm. We were what, at one point eighty percent, eighty three percent of of uh, lifetime rights in tickets, and then. Because it's a law of supply and demand, so we'll put a pie there, and a pie there, and a pie there, and a pie there, that we would wrap it right to the Murphy Center. Mm-hmm. And down the other end zone, we were going we're to make a horseshoe to begin with, and now we'll have it really the kind of a, it'll be an, a, an enclosed bowl, and then we will put one of those, those giant boxes over oh. on that side. Right, right. Because, uh, and, and, uh, it was going really, really, really good, and, and but that's what it takes. Now I learned from two of the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm not saying that Coach Edwards and Coach Al Michaels and that whole coaching staff—they did wonders. Because nope, everybody said Earl, Earl, you can't get a stadium out there. They won't build it for you. Mm-hmm. Well, he made them wrong, and I learned from that. But I learned from Bobby Bowden and Lou Holtz because they gave me so many thoughts and ideas. You know, they're two of the best speakers, and I became a very good friend of Jimmy Valvano's. So, you know, the next day in the paper, they said NC State hired uh, a, a guy with a, a – he was Jim Valvano with a Joe Petchy voice. You know? <laughs> I said, good. So, again, we had identity. Right, right, you right. You know, and I, I – well, why are you wearing those red patent leather shoes? Well, because our basketball team wears them, uh, and they played good defense. Mm. That's why I wore them. I wanted to, not for us. I wanted the identity to go around. around I w- would go to a every sporting event, every uh, that every uh, sport that we had here. I, I watched them play at least one time in person because mm. they watched me play. You know, I don't care whether they booed me or not, but they watched me. They don't care. <laughs> you know, I, that's not a problem. We can go to behind the alley and fight. And like but it, it it really it helped the atmosphere uh-huh. to to do things like that. It was it's such a, a little bitty thing that that uh, but it it helped it helped it helped it helped and everything was a help and and uh, I'm proud of it. Mm. I'm proud of it and should be and and. Uh, uh, again, I'm proud of being an NC State graduate. Uh, and Terry Bowden, I know you would probably listen to this. And you're gonna, oh, I'm sure he does. You're going to get me later on when I get back there. But remember, <laughs> I can still whip you too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it's it's great. 
Um, so many great memories having you on the show. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. We had some other great shows over the year. Dave Odom stopped by one time. He just happened to be eating here at the media's one day. Uh, I, I, this total credit goes to Dave Parker on this one. Uh, we recorded a full show, I think. It was like a full hour. And then Dave pops his head and it says, uh, hey, Dave Odom's next door uh, just eating in the restaurant. You want me to see if he wants to come over and record with you? I was like, hell yeah. So he comes over and we do a show with Dave. And, of course, Dave, longtime you know, native of North Carolina, grew up in Goldsboro and uh, – you know, he coached at Virginia and Wake Forest uh, most famously, but uh, he knew certainly a lot about NC State history and was able to speak uh, volumes on NC State over the years and enjoyed having him on. Um, Coach Godfrey joined us before he'd ever coached a basketball game here at NC State. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we had um, Corciani and Gugliotta the day after they had been ejected by Carl Hess at the uh, the PNC Arena. Uh, that was perhaps one of my most well-attended shows ever. Um, people were just ready to, to hear what they had to say. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they were great. Uh, one of the great things about the podcast is that, you know, there's not commercial breaks. I don't have to fit in a full interview in like a 10-minute window. You know, there's no hard outs or anything. Blessing like and a curse. Well, yeah, blessing. <laughs> but yes, thank you, Austin. Well, Austin's been very critical of the length of my shows sometimes over the years. Um, but you know, there's there's opportunity there. There's there's a chance to speak and have a full conversation with someone and not feel like you have to get to every talking point within a 10 minute window before you get out. And you know, I know Corciani spoke uh, several times with members of the local and national media after that whole incident with. Uh, Carl Hess, but we had him here for a full hour, pretty much, you know, a good solid 30 minutes at least. And having that opportunity to, to speak with him and not feel pressured to get it all in within one commercial break was great. And I, I can't thank him enough and Google out enough for joining us via Skype. And, you know, Tom Suter joined us. He was one of my idols growing up. I, I This may shock you, Chuck. I was a band nerd growing up. Uh, and uh, it doesn't shock anybody. It, I'm sure it doesn't. Um, and we would go home after every football game and watch, uh, you know, the Big Five, and watch Tom Cedar do Football Friday. And having him on, you know, the reason why I'm holding this microphone in my hand right now and it's not in the stand is because Tom Suter felt confined by having a microphone in the stand. He wanted to hold it. Uh, and I was like, you know, if he can do it, why can't I do it? Um, and he was, yeah, there you go, Chuck. Get after it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it uh, was liberating, uh, as I'm sure you feel liberated right now in, in uh, holding the microphone. Let me stop you just for a second. Okay, all right, sure. What you did was new and it worked and it expanded mm-hmm. and it worked and that that's part of this whole NC State family you help too they're going to miss you the people that are sitting out there are going to miss you and, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know some of these people come here just, just so you can tell their rice I'm going to Medios to have some lasagna <laughs> right. they come home they're drunk you know and, they're going to drink a beer or, some, or drink yeah. some wine. And by the way, I did ask for a glass of wine when I got here, and all I get is water. <laughs> I don't understand it. Immediately, oh, what's what's the problem? That never happened when you were here. That never happened. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but they are. They're going to miss you. I I, I didn't. Uh, uh, I had fun. We had fun. And, and there was one time it was 
me. Yeah, him, you and Dick and, and Guzzo. And Guzzo. Yeah, that and was X rated. That was yeah. That was actually that was internet only. Yes. We we <laughs> we posted that, and then you got hired by Akron, and I was like, wait a minute, maybe the folks in Akron don't want to hear your stories about uh, stealing from the uh, coffers of the uh, Catholic <laughs> Church or whatever it was. Uh, so we no, took that one down. Stealing? I, I uh, no, 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 no. Thou shall not steal. It's right, one of right, the right, right. Borrowing with interest. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. How about the new church? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! That, I mean, what are you going to hold two thousand people? Oh, That's I don't know. what I heard. Uh, the only time they're going to fill that up is at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir. That's very, very kind of you. Um, again, I no, think I mean Aust- Austin's right. This show would not be what it is if it weren't for you, if it weren't for Dick, if it weren't for Dave, the Medios family. I mean it. This this is what it is because of that partnership over the years, and um, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. I'm sure. You know, I'd, my daughter just had twin boys uh, nine months ago, and uh, she's a twin. Her mother's a twin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I tell people my brother's my I'm I'm I'm, I'm a twin brother. But <laughs> uh, I called Roman Gabriel mm-hmm. uh, when she decided what names she was gonna have. And then I said, you know, I hung up. I said, he's not going to answer a phone call. He'll, but he'll answer my text message. Right. And G- Gabe thinks he's like f- 15 years old. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the only way they can answer it. So I text him. I said, give me a call when you get a chance. And this is Chuck. And he did. I said, so we got chat. And I says, Gabe, my daughter is going to have twins. And they're going to be twin boys. And uh, I said, I just wanted you to know that she named one of them after you. He says, well, that's good, but don't hold it against her. You know, so, you know Gabe still has a little bit of a sensitive view in him, and he always did, and, and what a great player he was. Oh, yeah. He was an All-American. He, he was actually, and I didn't know this until Mario Williams was drafted, mm. the, the number one player because of the switch. Right. You know, with a running back out at Southern Cal. And and I was we were eating with him and, and – uh, Coach uh, Gibson, and there's a couple other people, and and I said, gee, he's the first person in Atlantic Coast Conference to be drafted in the first round. And when I got done, Gabe grabbed me. He says, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> he says, I was the first ACC player mm-hmm. to be drafted in the first round. Number one overall. It was the AFL. AFL, that's right. And not, you know, that the, they weren't put together yet. And I never realized that. But, you know, in his career, Philip Rivers threw for more passes in his first year than Roman did in four years. Right. I mean, to just show you the way yeah. football has changed. And then, and then along comes, you know, this little short guy by the name of Russell Wilson and, mm. and does all the things that, that Philip did in a different way. But, uh, uh, but Gabe, Gabe was – and I, I even asked Roman. I, I drove down to Charlotte because wasn't he living in Charlotte, outside of Charlotte there? And I wanted to see if he was interested because because he coached a semi-pro team here. He was a head coach. I said, is Gabe going to want me to hire him as a coach? And he says, Chuck, I goes, no, I don't. He goes, you hire who you want. If you think I can be of any help, fine and dandy, but I'll be there to back you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's just... Again, it, I mean, there was a, a generation between us. I didn't, I didn't know him. Mm. I didn't know him until he did, made that movie with John Wayne. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, it's, it's, 
there's so much that can be said about North Carolina State, and it's all positive. That yeah. doesn't mean there's nothing negative because nobody's there's only one person in the whole world over the last two thousand years that was perfect, mm. and we know who he is. You see, Chuck but, uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I was right behind him, though. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was only ever wrong once. Uh, right, right. And that's when I thought I was wrong, and I was really right. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, I want to say a few things. Thank yous, obviously. Um, Stephen, Derek, Austin, our first three guest hosts, um, started the show with you guys it wouldn't be what it is without you guys i knew that you guys would fit the tone of what i wanted the show to be i wanted it to be fair i wanted it to be honest if if nc state was wrong i wanted you to say we were wrong if nc state was right i wanted you to say that yeah, yeah i knew you were i knew you were <laughs> it was not going to be a rah-rah hey you know it was going to be you know let's tell it like it is and i knew that you and derek and steven would all do that um we brought in Lauren, who's here tonight. Lauren, good to see you. Uh, Lauren Brownlow is with us tonight. We're also kingmakers. I mean, Derek works in... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, Let's talk about how we've made king, people into... Kingmakers or uh, a talent pool <laughs> Some, for CBC yeah. slash WRL. WRL is like intern. <laughs> we're like an internship for WRL at this point. Uh, Lauren joined us, and she was wonderful over the years and helped us expand our coverage into not just NC State, but also the ACC and some other areas. Um Matt, I mentioned it last week. The show would have ended if it weren't for you um, stepping in earlier on. And, and you know, I, yeah, I mean, definitely, um, you know, thank you for helping us keep the show going because uh, it would have ended sooner if you had not been willing to step in. And, and you had joined us earlier for some recruiting stuff, and I knew that you would bring recruiting as your strong suit, but you clearly proved. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Uh, Corciani or Chucky or whoever would say, man, this guy's he knows what he's talking about. And and I was envious, man. I was envious. Yeah, that's I was like, what I, like I said last time, when Corciani, you clearly don't. Yeah, I know don't know what I'm talking about. When Corciani told me that, like, my I was good. I was yeah, good for a yeah. long time. I was like, all right, you know, yeah. best passer pretty much ever. Uh, I need to give a special thanks to Ernie Myers and Annabelle Myers, yeah. Vaughn, uh, Vaughn Myers, however. Um, <laughs> they, the two of them... Uh, the husband and wife duo that they are, Ernie came on and introduced me to a history of NC State, the 83 side of things that I never knew before. Um, he was wonderful with his analysis. I felt like I got to know more about that 83 team and Jimmy V as an extension from the times that we visited with him. The show we did with him and Max Perry and Kozel McQueen yeah. was wonderful. That was great. I felt like we were doing great shows all the way up until the end when we did a show with them because that was phenomenal. Um you know, I I feel like with Annabelle as well, she gave us you know wonderful uh, access to folks that we you know wouldn't have had access to before. She credentialed me. She gave me the opportunity to go um, cover some games. Uh, Annabelle, I apologize about not covering more games, but I found out pretty early on that when you have kids, it's a little bit tough to get away on a Saturday afternoon to cover some football and basketball games. Um, but I I won't forget their generosity. Uh, show producer Chris, he's here tonight. Uh, let's give show producer Chris a round of applause. Uh, <laughs> he helped make the show sound like it was. You, you got him into retirement. You helped uh, him yes. retire. I, I fired him from a show that he wasn't paid for, uh, and uh, he said I quit from a show that I'm not paid for. Um, nice severance package. Yes, yes. But uh, I thank him for it. He, he and I have been friends ever since college, and, and I couldn't have done it without him. 
Um, I mean, it's Corciani, Corciani, Chucky Brown, Derek Wittenberg. I mean, you know, Elliot Avent. I mean, these are all names that you guys know that were regular faces or voices on the show each and every week. Um, and just being able to meet some of these folks that I had. I mean, I, I, as a kid, I used to cut out newspaper clippings. My dad's here. He'll tell you. Uh, I used to put them on my door. And, and so many of those included Corciani or Chucky Brown. Chucky was my guy growing up. And then to have him as a guest on our show on a regular basis is just a thrill that I will never forget. Um, Dick DeAngelis, we mentioned him earlier. Emidio himself. Um, I guess thank you for having a restaurant, first of all. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, pass the mic there, Chuck. Uh, I was told by my son-in-law, stay away from the mic. (laughs) I'm sure he's afraid you might tell a joke or two. <laughs> Dave, you like, sound hopeful. Like Chuck said, you did a hell of a job, and uh, you're going to have to come back soon. Well, and I will. One thing about Chuck mentioned about all these pictures. My son-in-law is responsible for all these pictures to put up. Yeah. And he did a good job. Matter of fact, we got more stuff here than NC State. <laughs> <laughs> And then also the last thing is that Chuck has been talking about my family. When he got married, I catered his reception. Mm-hmm. And I checked with my CPA, and the son of a gun never paid. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the last thing is that we're going to celebrate a wonderful thing Sunday. Chuck and I, his wife, we're going to celebrate our grandsons, Gabriel and Giovanni. We're going to, they're going to be baptized Sunday. Nice. And uh, one looks like Chuck <laughs> with his chest. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one looks like me. I can't say why. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that goes both ways, Dick. <laughs> well, I realized I was opening Pandora's box when I mentioned yeah. Dick DeAngelis, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad I got an opportunity to to bring him on one last time. And and he mentioned it. The last guy I have to say thank you to is Dave Parker. Uh, I mean, you know, I wish you guys would give Dave a, a round of applause. Um, Dave, thanks for all the free beer. Yeah. Yes, it's been great. Um, I mean, Dave. You made this all possible. I mean, you know, you sent an email to a guy that was doing a show on Skype and said, "Hey, would you like to do it here?" And um, it, you know, it's it's changed my life. It's been, apart from getting married and having kids, it's the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, and as a lifelong NC State fan, getting the opportunity to meet so many folks that I have over the years that I've been doing the show is just an absolute thrill. And it wouldn't be possible without you. And so I want to thank you. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm so sorry that you had to listen to those first few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew you guys were good, and I just thought it would be a perfect fit, so that's why I reached out. You never know unless you ask, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, one of the guys that we had on over the years was Steve Logan. 
Dave just on a whim called up his radio and said, hey, would you like to come on to the show and for free wine and pasta? And Steve Logan was like, well, yeah, sure, why not? And so we had Steve Logan for a year or so. And, uh, you know, um, another guy that WRL snatched from me uh, that I'm not bitter about. Turns out paychecks are like, real yeah. incentives. To like, that's right. Yeah. It's like the grassroots program. Yeah, that's right. They're the minor league. Yeah. yeah that's right. And they all did good. The, the, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, this is my last opportunity to say this. Uh, I've got uh, this is I'm giving up the pulpit, as it were. So I'll just mention this real quickly. Um, tr- try to be empathetic to folks. Um, I mean, I, we've had a lot of crazy stuff go down the last year or so. Um, legislation, candidates, shootings, things like that. And I think a lot of people have dug their heels in on their specific positions on things. And I don't feel like there's a whole lot of conversation that's going on. I feel like people are, well, this is my opinion, and this is right, and this is what it is. And we build these fences, and we shout at people across the fences. Just, if you can, try to empathize with the person on the other side of the fence. If you if you can't understand why someone who's transgender wants to be treated the same way as, as you, maybe try to put yourself in their shoes. If, if you can't understand why Christians act the way they are, try to... Put yourself in the shoes of a Christian. If you're someone who hates guns, try to put yourselves in the shoes of a gun owner. I, you know, it's there are many positions that we all take as humans that we have dug ourselves in on, and we consider them to be absolutely right. And I think if you empathize with your fellow human, you'll find that there's not a whole lot of difference between all of us. Um, you know, my dad is here. He, he raised me to believe that. You know, if you live your life by the golden rule, a lot of things will work out just fine. Uh, and the first thing you got to do in order to live by the golden rule is you got to be able to empathize. You got to be able to say, use your imagination, say, how would I want to be treated if I were someone in that position? And if you can do that, I think then you can start understanding the other side. And if you can start understanding each other, then we can start having a conversation and start, you know, fixing a few things. It's not going to be easy. You know, you can tolerate folks uh, pretty easily. It's better than not tolerating folks. But if you can take it a step further from tolerance and also empathize with your fellow human being, I think we'll start healing some things, start realizing that we're not really that different from one another. Um, We can go from there. You've got my vote, James. All right. James for president. Carol Johnson, 2016. <laughs> we do better than the current ones. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a given. And then uh, if you'll gaming with faint praise. <laughs> if you'll if you'll suffer me one last thing before we get out of here, and then we'll wrap the show up. Anytime during my five years, I could do this. Na 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 go say. Oh, that is power. That is power. (laughs) Jimmy's right. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody that's here and helped make the show possible. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful.